We're so glad to have you in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm thankful. It's good to have our brother, sister, and fellow minister, brother and sister Clementson with us today. Thank you for being with us and worshiping the Lord with us. They are not uh, strangers to the kingdom. Uh, Sister Clementson has family here, and uh, they're visiting with us today. They work and serve in the congregation in Kennewick, and so we're honored that they would take time while they're traveling and visiting family to be with us today. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. I am... uh, I've asked Brother uh, Martin to take just a couple of minutes this morning and uh, just share whatever the Holy Ghost has on his heart, and we'll go from there. Amen? Praise God. Brother Martin. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here to worship and praise the Lord with you. Um, a couple of things have been on my heart. You know, I've been serving the Lord now for the last... I say it's been about three and a half years, and there's been a continual growth and a progression as we continue to walk in the ways of the Lord and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, for some of you that do know me and some of you guys that don't know me, um, I spent a majority of my life incarcerated. Um, I grew up in foster homes, group homes, juvenile halls, boys camps, county jails, little bit of everywhere. I mean, I, I don't think that everybody goes through that, but those are some of the things that I've went through. And, you know, as reflecting back over these last three and a half years, I remember when I walked through those doors. And I remember sitting in that back seat over there, and I was nervous. I, 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 there was no really, no worship about me. There was no praise about me. I, I mean, I, I knew that there was a hunger within me for the things of the Lord, but I, I couldn't lift my hands and I couldn't clap, and, you know, as I sit here today and I reflect, you know, I'm sitting here with my hands lifted, worshiping and praising a great God. You know, if, if I ever needed a Savior, He was there for the saving. He pulled me out of a lifestyle that was evil, corrupt, wicked. You know, I'm thankful today that I get to sit up here and stand here, well, stand here today instead of standing in a prison cell or in a prison putting on a prison badge or putting on handcuffs and walking with shackles every single day. I don't know how many of you put shackles on your feet, but I've worn them over and over and over. And it's just uh, them shackles. If we really look back, I'm not wearing shackles today. You know, we, we, we become released and freed from that bondage and taken away from that lifestyle. But it took a willingness and a commitment to come to God. And, you know, when we come, we come with uncertainty sometimes. We don't know what to expect. And sometimes we want to know as we walk with God. We want to know, I mean, what does the future hold? What does it have for us? You know, all I know is that when I came here, I was broken. I knew that. I knew that I needed something. I needed a change, and I needed something to happen in my life. I, I, was, I, I felt like, okay, I'm in, the, I'm in the right place. You know, when I came here, I remember coming to this altar when I walked straight through that door. And I kneeled down right here. And I didn't care who was looking, who was watching. I just knew that I was ready to surrender everything about me to him. And in that process, 
you know, there's been a growing process. You know, I mean, you come from a lifestyle. I mean, I've got over nine felony convictions. I'm a, I have two violent crimes. I got two strikes. Um, I was active in a whole lot of activity that was not of God. So for God to deliver me from those, those things in that lifestyle, I look back sometimes. You know, so I, I, in the looking back and, and kind of looking over a scripture this morning that I was, I was reading, and I'm going to share it with you guys. It's Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm going to read out of the NLT because it's a little easier to read, a little easier to understand. I do read out of the King James, but, you know, I got to go over to something that's a little, a little easier to comprehend sometimes. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, it says, uh, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. It says, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables. The words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. I'm going to tell you, I was a fool at one time. Because I despised wisdom. And I despised discipline. I was a fool. I was. So the Lord was speaking to me this morning about knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing. We know things. We think we know things. Wisdom is the application, I believe, of that knowledge. And sometimes we don't apply some of the knowledge that we have to the things that we know. You know, for me, it's like I knew a lot of the stuff that I was doing while I was doing it. But I wasn't wise in my decision making and in my choices. And so I was foolish. And so the Lord is speaking to me this morning about the growth that I've been walking in as, as I continue to grow in the Lord. I'm not perfect by any means. You know, I've made mistakes and I've offended some people and for that I apologize. I've done some things that are probably, I know they were not of God sometimes. But, you know, I'm thankful for the love of Christ, the forgiveness of God, and the blood that he pours out for us. You know, so in, in having, you know, the, the Bible's wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom in there. There's a lot of knowledge in there. We can have all the knowledge in the world, but not know how to apply it. You know, so in order to learn how to apply some of that wisdom, we got to continue to read, continue to be in prayer, continue to seek after the things of God. These are things that I didn't know. I did not know. You know, I was thankful for men of God that, that came into my life. I mean, I'm thankful for every brother and sister here today. I'm thankful for Brother Sister Tim for opening the door to me. Brother Lewis for letting me in his home and letting me and spend time with their families and the people that have allowed me to come into their lives. That's meant a lot to me. You know, I spent most of my life alone and not having a whole lot of family or a whole lot. And I had a whole lot of people that I thought were friends out there. But this is my family. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for God placing me in this body. And um, like I said, I, I go back and I, and I reminisce on things sometimes. And not that I'm stuck there, or that I dwell there. But when I'm driving down the road in a car that the Lord gave me, you know, I remember not having a driver's license. 
I remember not having insurance, just doing whatever I wanted to do. I was just going to go wherever I wanted to go and continue to break the law as much as I wanted to break it. And, uh, you know, sometimes as I'm driving down the road, I, I, I find myself weeping and I'm crying and I'm thankful for what I have today. You know, and it happened to me just the other day, and I've talked to you guys a little bit about my family and my children. And, um, you know, the relationships from all the years I spent in prison were broken. There was no communication. There was a lot of anger, a lot of hatred. Um, but through the process of these last three and a half years, the Lord's been opening doors. He's been uh, allowing me to be, to fulfill my role as a father in some aspects of those relationships with my children. And, I mean, I'm thankful for the phone calls. I'm, I'm thankful for the invites to, uh, to the celebrations that they have. And, um, you know, um, my son, when my daughter had a baby, I became a grandpa to one grandson. Now my son's having a child and become another grandfather to another grandson. And, you know, um, what I'm looking at when I think about that stuff, I'm thinking about the future. You know, what I can impart into these young children that are going to be around me as their grandfather. I don't want to be a poor example to them. I don't want to be, uh, um, how do I say, I, I, I mean, I, I want relationship with my kids, but I don't, and I'm going to use this, this scenario here. My, like, one of my children, he, want, he wants to drink at the house all the time, and he wants to drink at my house with me because he wants to watch a football game with me. And I keep saying, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that in my home. I'm not going to allow that. I mean, as much as I want to have my son with me and watch a football game and do all those great things together, it's like I, I, I got to be careful about what I allow into my home. You know, I have to be careful about that. And, you know, I'm an example to him. And, and if I start saying, okay, yeah, you can do this and you can do that, it, it's allowing other things to come into my home. And, uh, you know, as I reflect back on, on all these last three years, I'm going to tell you, I mean, it, it's been, it's been life-changing. Um, I, wanted to, I don't want to sit here and tell you that every day has been easy because it hasn't. You know, I'm not going to tell you that, that walking with the Lord every day is super easy because it's not sometimes. Because when the, when the Lord is working on you personally and he's stripping things away from you, it hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit because sometimes we got to question and wonder, what am I really holding on to? You know, why am I not letting that go? You know, and sometimes I have to ask myself is why. I do things sometimes that continue to hurt people, or I say things sometimes that may sound mean or cruel, and I'm just like, okay. You know, like I said, I'm not perfect. I know, and I'm just being honest and, and real, and I, I know that there's things that, that the Lord's continuing to work on in me. You know, um, I, I, I don't want to sit here today, and like I said, and say that, say that I'm perfect. I'm, I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to use one of Pastor Hart's words, I'm going to miss the mark. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, I'm just, that's just me. But I, I, I try to learn from it. I try to grow from it and not stay stuck in it and say, hey, and because in the past I'd say stuff like, man, I'm never going to change. I'm going to keep on making the same mistakes. I'm going to keep on doing the same things over and over and over again. That's not a true statement. It can become true if you speak it into your life and believe that every day. But I don't believe that every day. I don't believe, I used to believe that my life would never change. I'm going to tell you today I'm a changed man. You know, I'm going to tell you today that the love of God has the ability to change any man, woman, or child in this room today. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this body. I'm, I'm thankful for, for men of God. I'm, I'm thankful for, for uh, my pastor, for me being able to submit to him and, and, and share things with him. And, you know, some of the stuff I share sometimes, I, I wonder if he thinks I'm crazy because I think some of the stuff I share is crazy sometimes. 
I'm like, this may sound, sometimes I say stuff like, this may sound dumb, but I'm going to share it with you. But I'm thankful for that because sometimes some of the stuff that we think is not important and don't, don't need to be shared needs to be shared. You know, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that. But, you know, just continue praying. If you're new to the Lord, if, if you're even in relationship with the Lord, I'm going to tell you, it, it, there's struggles along the way. There's days that I don't want to come through those doors. I'm being honest. You know, there's day. I mean, I, I know that there's days I'm just like, you know, the world out there doesn't really have anything that great to offer. I've been there. You know, I, I've been out there and I know what that's like. And, and it's like, man, do I, I really want to walk away from this? Do you really want to walk away from everything that God has given to you? Because he gives. He gives. It's everything that we have is from him. It was not nothing that I accomplished in my own will. I submitted to him. And in the process, there's blessings that came along the way. You know, and, and, and we want things sometimes like, I, I mean, right away. We want things to happen like super fast. And, and, and for me, it was like, man, when is this going to change? Or when is this going to happen? When is that going to take place? But the Lord has given me some knowledge and he's given me some wisdom. So, and, that, and that I have to understand in my knowledge is that sometimes I have to be wise and wait. I have to be wise and wait on him because my own knowledge and my own understanding and my own thinking thinks that I know sometimes how to fix something and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. And if I'm not careful, I'll leave God out of the picture and try to figure it out on my own. And then that's not the case. And, and, and it's just like, uh, you know, I have to go to the word and, and it, the wisdom is in there. It's in the book. You know, there's many, many scriptures in there that can apply to a majority of our lives or haven't already applied to some of our lives. And um, I go to the scripture, and when there's things that I don't understand, I go to a man of God. And I ask for advice, and I ask for wisdom. You know, I'm thankful for when a brother, when I, when a brother calls me and says, hey, how you doing? Are you all right? You want to come over for some birria? <laughs> you know, but I'm thankful for those things. You know, because a part of me, when I first came to the church, I sat in the back or I sat here and I questioned some things, you know, I questioned myself and I, and I, and I wondered, I said, how is God going to use me? You know, how is God going to do anything with this vessel? And am I always going to just sit there? And God found fit to use me in other places because I'll tell you today, I never thought that I'd be standing up here and, and be, you know, in front of a congregation or the body of Christ sharing things with people. I didn't think that. That wasn't something that I felt like was going to be part of my life. And speaking at uh, the Union Gap Church and Puyallup and Kent, I, I, I just, you know, but you, you, with, with the Lord, you got to expect the unexpected sometimes. And you want to be ready at all times when you're called upon to speak. And, and I used to be really, really nervous and, I mean, scared and. I just didn't want to be up here, you know, and some people have told me, how do you do it? It's not me that does it, you know, it's the Lord that's within me that allows me to say things, and I didn't come up here with a pre-planned speech or what I wanted to say, I was just like, I'm just going to allow the Lord to use me, allow the Holy Ghost to flow through me, but, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that, you know, I'm not where I was, I mean, we all come from somewhere, we've all came from some type of background, uh, some type of hurt, some type of pain, broken relationship. I don't know what it was, but, you know, when I sit here today, I'm just thankful. You know, I'm thankful that God chose to save my life. 
You know, I'm thankful that God chose to deliver me from a 25-year heroin addiction. You know, 15 years of smoking methamphetamines, six drug overdoses, being shot, being stabbed. I mean, God took me away from that lifestyle. And, and I'm thankful for that. You know, when I'm able to come here and worship the King of Kings, when I'm able to come here and lift my hands to a God that has the power and the ability to change any life, I'm thankful for that. You know, so um, I, I just, I, I wanted to share that, you know, with over these last three years. And it's, it's the Lord's going to continue to do things. I believe the work is never done. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, the work is never done. There's always something. When we think that the work is done, the work isn't finished. You know, and, and I'm thankful that the Lord did. Like I said, the, the Lord had, I, I thought I was just going to sit here for years. But no, I'm teaching an anger management class also. City of Sila. The Lord's connected me with some people there. I've, you know, I've made some contacts, and and I'm I'm thankful for the ministry that's that takes place there every Monday night. You know, I'm I'm there. I'm committed to that. I I, I do it. I mean, nobody. People tell me, hey, they should pay you for that. And I said the only payment that I get is is the joy of watching people change or people coming and asking, hey, how'd you do this or how'd you do that? And I get to share the word of God with them. You know, I get to pray with them in an anger management class. You know, it's stuff that I never, ever in my life thought that I'd be doing and say, hey, you want to pray? Hey, do you want to talk about this? Do you want to do this? I never thought that that would ever happen. But it's happening, and it's real. And if, if you're here today and you're going through something, you're in the right place. You know, I, like I said, I'm just thankful that, that the Lord's um, allowed this to happen in my life, and I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I'm thankful for all my brothers and sisters. God bless you. Amen. He still works, doesn't he? He is so faithful. I'm thankful for the work of the Spirit of God today. I want wisdom of God, don't you? There's wisdom of the world. The Scripture says it's sensual and it's devilish. Sensual means it's based on what you feel. Devilish, of course, you know what that means. But the wisdom of God, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's easily to be entreated. I want the wisdom of God, don't you? Amen. Would you pray with me again this morning before we go further here today? The Holy Ghost is here, and he's wanting to work. Jesus, we magnify you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your redemptive power. Thank you for the ministry of your spirit in the lives in each heart. Thank you for reaching to each one of us where we were and drawing us near unto you. Thank you for your long suffering that is salvation to us. We bless your name this morning. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Praise God. It was mentioned, please don't forget, next Sunday I'm believing for tremendous work of the Spirit and the Word of God. I believe for supernatural things to take place. We should always expect the supernatural. We should always expect the supernatural. Some of y'all believe that. We should always expect the supernatural. If we're filled with the Spirit of God, that's a supernatural thing, you understand. 
When you were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that was a supernatural event. Us standing here and worshiping today and feeling the presence of the living God manifest among us, that's a supernatural event. That's not natural. It's supernatural. And so we should expect the supernatural. The Holy Ghost is wanting to shift our thinking. He has dealt with us for some time about how we think, the renovation of our mind. He wants us to think differently. We need to expect the supernatural. Every day that we live, we need to expect it in the context of the Word of God. I'm not talking about going out some loosey-goosey, just all this in the Word of God, in alignment and agreement with the Word of God, in alignment and agreement with God-given structure and authority that He's placed in our lives. But we should daily expect the supernatural. Matthew chapter 28. Brother Jeremiah, we are going to be moving today. I'm just warning you right now. Thank you for being so awesome at what you do and serving us as a body. I'm going to move through quite a bit of Scripture, I believe. And we're going somewhere, but I think the importance of us seeing the basis in the Word of God is critical today. Would you allow the Lord to reach into your spirit and mind by His Word this morning? This is something that has been on my heart. I've, I've mentioned it at times to some of you in conversations. It's been on my heart for probably eight or nine months. And I had a quickening of the spirit these last few days. And I thought, we're going to talk about this today. Matthew 28, verse number 16. This, of course, is the end of the book of Matthew, the end of Matthew's writing. We see Christ's final words shared from Matthew's perspective. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, or went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Looks like you still got the NLT up there. I was like, what in the world? Some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Everybody say, All power. power. What does that exclude? We need to make sure we understand all means all. All power. It's interesting that these are some of his final words. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Notice, go ye therefore. Sometimes we read the King James and we just sort of miss what's being shared with us. Jesus is saying, all power is given unto me. As a result of me having all power, I want you to go. That's literally what it's saying. As a result, therefore, go. And what are you going to go and do? You're going to go and you're going to teach all nations. You're going to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And aren't you thankful we know that name this morning? And you're going to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And notice he says, and lo... 
I am with you always. I've got all power. As a result, I want you to go and do these things. But you're not going by yourself. I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Now turn with me to the book of Mark. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In Jesus' name. Mark chapter 16. This, of course, is the gospel of Mark. He's recording. Verse 14 of Mark 16. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief. And hardness of heart. Notice they had some unbelief and hardness of heart because he had died. And they, the tomb was empty, but he hadn't spent time with them yet. And so he's dealing with them about their unbelief and bringing them back to all he'd spent three and a half years of ministry pouring into them. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Verse 15. And he said unto them. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, if you were in the combined service in Union Gap a couple weeks ago, I don't think we're going to go down the same road completely. But the Holy Ghost is not releasing me from right here. These signs shall. Everybody say shall. Say shall. You understand that's a definitive statement. These signs shall follow them that believe. What signs? In my name... Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All right. You doing okay? Go with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. So we're going to read a little bit of scripture here at the beginning, but this is important. You heard what Matthew recorded. You heard what Mark recorded. Let's see what Luke recorded. Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Luke 24 and 44. Sometimes the familiarity of these scriptures to some of us causes us to read over them rather than lay hold on them. And I feel the witness of the Spirit of God in this hour asking us, inviting us to lay hold on His Word and walk in His Word. These weren't written to just some others. They were written so that you and I would see them, hear them, and receive them and walk in them. It is time. Verse 44. 
And he, that's Jesus, said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. He's saying everything that was written in the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament, the prophets, the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament, the Psalms, that's the Psalms, the Proverbs, the Song of Solomon. All of those things were all written concerning him. They understood when he used that language. I want to make sure we understand what he's saying. Everything in the Old Testament was pointing to him. And then watch what happens, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. So he told them the Scriptures were speaking of him, and then he opened their understanding so they would understand how the Scriptures spoke of him. Verse 46, And then he said unto them, See, it's important that we understand who he is. And that's what he was saying there. All of the Old Testament was pointing to me. And he opened their understanding so they would realize who he was. He was God manifested in the flesh. It's why when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus responded, Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. This wasn't brought to you by some human understanding, by an explanation of a man. But my Father, which is in heaven... Spiritual revelation came to Peter in that moment. This is what I'm certain happened here in verse 45. When it says he opened their understanding and they understood the scriptures. I believe in that moment when he spoke those things. If they did not yet have clarity in that moment, they had clarity. They had understanding. This is God himself. He came. He robed himself in flesh. He bled. He died. He resurrected again. He's alive forevermore. Our God, we walked with him, and now we'll give witness to his resurrection. They had revelation. We must hold fast to the revelation of who he is. Verse 46, and he said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, or it was necessary for Christ to suffer. And to rise again, and to rise from dead, the dead, the third day. Of course, he's talking about his death, his burial, his resurrection. Verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is why when you and I read the book of Acts and we read verse number 38, it sounds a lot like what Luke recorded Jesus saying here in verse 47. Repentance, remission of sins should be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was simply saying what Jesus had said. Watch verse 48. And ye are witnesses of these things. Everybody say witnesses. Say it again. Verse 49. Now watch. And behold, 
I send the promise of my father upon you. It's important to note he did not say I send the promise from the father. It's the promise of the father. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you receive the father. It's not a promise from the father. It's the promise of the father. Amen. I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until what? Ye be endued with what? Power. Who has power? Ah, we read it in Matthew's account. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. Luke recorded him saying, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Everybody doing all right? Everybody say witnesses. Turn with me to the book of Acts. I told you we're going to do a little bit of scripture here at the beginning. It's all right. Aren't you thankful for the word of God today? Acts chapter one, verse four. Luke is still writing. If we didn't have a book called Acts, this would be Luke chapter 25. It really would. Luke is continuing writing, but he called this the book of Acts. We call it the book of Acts. Verse number four. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. This is speaking of Jesus. Commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. That sounds like just what we read at the end of Luke, right? So see, Luke is helping us understand where he's picking up. He's reiterating what he shared at the close of the book of Luke. He's sharing it again. What was, he's reminding us. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now, or not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Watch what he said to them. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Verse 8. But you shall receive what? Ah, this is the plan of God for you and I. This is the plan of God for every single one of us. It's not coincidental that it was at the close of each of those gospels that we read. The Lord Jesus speaking of power being given him and that power being released to you and I with purpose. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And what is its purpose? And you shall be witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. Witnesses. 
You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Guess what? You and I live in the uttermost part of the earth. Right? We don't live in Jerusalem, do we? Or Judea. Or Samaria. We're almost as far as you can get from those places around the globe. We are the uttermost part of the earth. This was written to us. All right? So we're called to be witnesses. Witnesses. That word that we read, when we read witnesses in the book of Luke, it was written there in a historical sense, like someone was witness to an event. When we read it here in Acts chapter 1, it's written in a different way. It's the same word. But what it tells us here is it's those who, after his example, right, they had his example. That's why we have the Acts of the Apostles, so we can see their lives lived after his example, and they become examples to us. Those who, after his example, have proved the strength and the genuineness of their faith in Jesus Christ by even undergoing death where necessary. The Greek word for this witnesses here is where we actually get our word martyr from. Greek word, I think, is martis or something like that, M-A-R-T-Y-S. It's where we get our word martyr, someone that died for the cause of Christ. That's the word witnesses here. What does that tell us? Does that tell us that every one of us is supposed to die a violent death like the apostles did? Not necessarily. It does tell us we're supposed to die to our life so that he lives. So that our life is now lived for a, our purpose of living is to be a witness unto him. Daily, every moment. And we're not going to do that on our own. It's with power given us to be the witness. And what's expected of that power? Well, we read it at the close of each of those gospels. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You're going to speak in new tongues. You're going to do these works that the Lord does through your life. And it's all for a single purpose. It's to give witness to him. It's not to draw attention to ourselves. It's not to get glory for ourselves. We're going to be witnesses unto him. And he's given us power with purpose to be a witness to him. So what does this look like? Let's read a little further. Acts chapter 3. We know the Acts chapter 3 story, right? Peter and John on the way to the temple, they pass by the man that's laying there, alms, alms. He asked for alms, he got legs, right? They said, in the name of Jesus Christ, that was a joke, right? Alms, legs, anyway. It wasn't that funny, was it? Um, they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Right? That was the manifestation of the power of God through their lives. And they laid hands on the sick, and he recovered. Amen? This was the evidence of the word of God that they had received, 
and the operating of the Spirit of God or the promise of the Father in their lives according to what the Lord said it would do. We agree with that. So we see the fulfillment of the Word of God through their lives. And so this happened, but I want you to watch verse 12. Let's skip all the way down there. This man's went in the temple. People are asking questions because they all recognize who he is. And they're realizing this guy's been there for years. He's walking. He's sleeping. He's dancing. He's celebrating. He wasn't quiet about what God had done for him. And so everybody's asking questions. They saw the lame man that was healed. They all ran up to Peter and John trying to figure out, greatly wondering, the scripture says, verse 12. And when Peter saw it, saw the people running up and greatly wondering. When people saw it, or when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, You men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, whom hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. He had some boldness, didn't he? Can you imagine? He was saying it straight, wasn't he? Verse 15 And you killed the prince of life, whom God hath raised from the dead. Notice, whereof we are what? We are what? We are witnesses and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, watch what he says. I wot that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, therefore... And be converted. This sounds like what Jesus told them they were supposed to do. You're going to receive power. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to preach the gospel in my name. You're going to preach repentance. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And watch verse 20. And he shall send, who? Oh, I thought we always say he's going to send the Holy Ghost. Well, of course, it's one and the same, right? The Father, the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Jesus said in John chapter 14, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. That's why Peter could say this here that we read in verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ. 
Oh, you mean Jesus Christ is coming back? No, no, no. Jesus is coming to dwell in you. When you receive the baptism of the gift of the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ or the Father has been sent to indwell in your life. And if you'll repent, the times of refreshing will come. And he'll send Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father, which before was preached unto you. You doing okay? Acts chapter 4. We must see this pattern. Sometimes when we just read one and we talk a minute, we miss the fact there's a specific pattern in the Word of God. And He's wanting us to see it because we want to complicate it. We want to disqualify ourselves. But we need to learn by the grace of God and the operating of the Spirit of God to lay hold on the Word of God and let it be true and real in our lives. Acts chapter number 4, verse number 23. Now, if you read Acts 4, the whole chapter, this whole deal about the guy that was healed in chapter 3 is still going on. They're having issue because they're, they're not having issue because he's healed. The religious leaders are having issue because they're doing what they were instructed to do by the Lord Jesus Christ. They're preaching in his name. They're preaching repentance in his name. They're preaching deliverance from sin in his name. They're preaching healing in his name. And so the religious leaders are taking issue with the name and the authority that they're operating under, which is the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And so they're charging these apostles that they not preach or teach in the name of Jesus. This is carried over into chapter 4. They threw him in prison. These things are happening. Verse 2 says they were grieved that they even taught. And preach through Jesus, resurrection from the dead. But skip to verse 23, chapter 4, 23. There we are. So they've been through all that. They've been told to stop preaching in the name. And now they let them go. They're no longer holding them in bondage. The apostles have been released. Watch. And being let go, they went to their own company. That's like other disciples and They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So they went back. It would be like if we were all gathered here today and we had Brother Reuben had been out and been in prison and Brother Rigo and him had been out talking to people on the street and they got thrown in prison because they were doing stuff in the name of Jesus and somebody was healed and they shared the gospel but people were against the name of Jesus but they couldn't find some reason to hold them, so they let them go. And Brother Rigo and Brother Reuben showed back up, and they were standing here in front of us today, or standing in a room with us today, and they began to rehearse everything that had just happened to them. We were down on the corner at the street in Yakima. We were just getting us something at Jimmy John's because we were hungry, and we saw this guy, and for some reason he needed, he was... He looked like he was crippled in his hand, and we wouldn't have done this before, but we prayed, and God healed him in that moment. And so something happened. This commotion took place, and all this stuff started going on. The police showed up, and we were just saying, no, he was just sick, and we prayed. But people were saying these negative things, and so we got taken down to the jailhouse, and they held us for a little bit, but they let us go, and they told us we should stop doing this stuff in the name of Jesus. And so now we're telling you, that's sort of what took place. You with me? See, we read this like, oh, that's so far... This is real. This happened. And so now they're back in their company and they're sharing what happened to them. And they're sharing the fact that, hey, we were told not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. You with me? Verse 24. 
And when they heard that, I love this. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. This means they started praying together. So this idea that, well, you should just go pray in your closet. You never pray together. There's too much word against it. They started praying together. They lifted up their voice with one accord and listened to their prayer. Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Watch verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against whom? Against the, who was this? The kings of the earth and rulers. We read over that. You know what this tells me? In their day, there were... I believe, political leaders. The religious were very political in their day. The political leaders, rulers, kings of nations, kings of the earth, they stood up and they were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. Must be a work of Satan. Well, I don't know about that. Let's read what the Scripture says. That's what we would think, right? The work of the adversary. Watch verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, he's naming some of the kings of the earth now and the rulers, right? Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. He's speaking about those against the Lord. Verse 28. Here's why they were gathered together. To do whatsoever. Whose hand? Thy hand. Who's it talking about? The Lord. The kings of the earth and rulers stood against the Lord. But they could only do whatsoever his hand and his counsel determined before to be done. How is that possible? I'll tell you how it's possible because we already read it. All power is given unto him. So even when the political rulers of the day would rise up and stand against the Lord and against his church, they could only do what the Lord had already determined to be done. Because he has all power, he has all authority, and he gives it to us when we're filled with his spirit and when we go as his witnesses. And even when they rise up against us, they have no authority except it's given by the one with all power. And then they can only do what he's determined to be done. See, we miss verse 28 sometimes. But watch. I really like this. And now, Lord, they're still praying, remember? I believe they were under the spiritual unction of the Holy Ghost. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Now, notice they didn't say, and destroy them, God. Careful how you pray. 
Behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Verse 33. Watch. And with what? With great power gave the apostles what? Witness. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Are you starting to see a pattern here, even though we've only gone through a couple of books here in Acts? They've received power. They're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They understand this infilling of the Holy Ghost is that signs and wonders would be done according to the word of the Lord Jesus that was spoken at the close of the Gospels. They understand this is supposed to happen. But they understand when signs and wonders happen, when healing takes place, when deliverance takes place, when devils are cast out, all of this serves a purpose. It's for witness. Not witness to, wow, that was a miracle, but witness to power that operates through their lives so that they can then with boldness speak and declare the source of this power is the one true living God. His name is Jesus. He was dead, but he's alive forevermore. He lives in me. That which you see done to this man that was lame is none other than a work of the living God living in my life. And they gave witness to the power of his resurrection. How could they declare that he was alive because the evidence of him living was in them. He was living through them. That was the evidence of resurrection. You say, well, they just pointed to an empty tomb. That could be disputed. But the living power of God operative through a life could not be disputed. One point they said, we don't know how this or how that, but what we can't dispute is that the one was blind, now he sees. We might be able to argue about an empty tomb and how it got empty. We might be able to debate with you about a lot of things. But what we can't debate is this man was blind and now he sees. And what is that? It's a manifestation of the power of God through a child of God for the purpose of giving witness to the living God. It wasn't just to open the eyes. The miracle was to point to him. The miracle was to give avenue for witness. The miracle was to give avenue to bring people into relationship with him. It's why he's committed to us the word and the ministry of reconciliation. You know why many don't see the operating of the gifts of the Spirit, healing, these signs and wonders that are supposed to be operative that we read about according to the final words of Christ recorded in the Gospels? Because the motive is misplaced. The purpose of the operating of these spiritual gifts, the Spirit of God through us, is as a witness unto Him. That He would be glorified. Sister Sally had shared with me a few weeks ago a testimony of a lady at her workplace 
And I think we talked about it on a Wednesday night, maybe a lady. And we'd been encouraging, saying, you need to have a boldness given of the Lord and be sensitive. When he tells you pray for somebody at work, don't tell them I'll pray for you and walk off. Pray in faith right there. And she had a situation with a lady at work who was hobbling around. I think she was a janitorial staffer hobbling around because of her knee. And so Sister Sally was leaving for the day and said, I'll pray for you at work or school and and school. Thank you. And so she got a few steps away or I'm not sure how far and not very far. And she's like, oh, I told her I'd pray for her. I should have prayed right then. Thank God she had the boldness to turn around and go back. Went back and prayed for her. The next day, the lady comes up to her. My knee's fine. I can walk. There's no pain. There's nothing wrong. Everything's good. What is that? That opens the door. What? To say, oh, look what I did. Heaven forbid. It opens the door to say, my God did that. Let me tell you about my God. Witness. Witness. The miracles, the signs, and the wonders are for witness. That's the purpose of the gift of the Holy Ghost in you. That's why he came and filled you with his spirit. Not so you and I could punch a ticket somewhere. He filled us with the spirit so that we could do the works that he says we should do. And when the work is done, we can tell the soul that was just healed. Do you know why you were healed? It's the power of my God that lives in me. And he'd like to live in you. He can transform your life and you'll never be the same. With his working spirit, the apostles gave witness to the power of his resurrection. You and I are called to be witnesses. But here's the beauty. I'm never alone. I'm never going out into the world on my own. He has all power. And he said, I'm with you always. Who's with me? The one that has all power. Who's operating through me? The one that has all power. Do I own the power? No, brother Jester, but it's resident in me. And when I yield to the operating of his spirit, the power begins to minister through my life and yours. And it does a work that you and I cannot do, but he does it. And when we speak the name, all authority is in the name and something begins to take place and it opens the door of a life so that you and I can give witness. Healing, miracles, these things are coming. They're here now. We have the story we've shared. We could share other. We had several people in a Bible study in a home the other night that we prayed and God healed their backs of pain. Why is this happening? Is it so we can show off and say, well, let's try to try this. God forbid. The operating of the power of God through our lives is for this purpose. Witness. To give witness. To give witness. The Lord knows our frame. He knows the frame of mankind. And he understands that you may not be able to get somebody to listen to you if you just open the word and try to share a scripture. But if somebody's sick or hurting and in pain and you say, can I pray with you? And they open and are willing to allow you to do so. And you pray and the Lord does a miracle and touches their life. And there's a, a healing that takes place. A supernatural event takes place. All of a sudden they're going, hold on, what just happened? They're ready to listen. The Lord understood that.
you understand, we're not performing. We're not putting on a show. We're not trying to go out and be something we're not. But we must be who we're called to be. Witness. At what point are you and I qualified to be a witness? The moment you've been filled with his spirit. All power is given. I don't care if you've been doing it for three and a half years or if you've been doing it for 93 and a half years. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's the same infilling, indwelling spirit of God. What's the difference? I simply have to yield and say yes. This is the pattern of Scripture. We want to complicate it. We want to find some method, some program. And I'm not against different methods and programs. You understand. But it's simple. The word of God is concise. The word of God is clear. It's certain. Jesus spoke the words. All power is given to me. I'm with you. This is what you're going to do. You're going to wait and the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You're going to be endued with the power that I have. And the power you're endued with is going to allow you to be a witness. This is the simplicity of the work of the Spirit. Spirit of God. And so I lay hold on the word of God. I make it my own. I understand he was speaking to me when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. He confirmed it. And so now you and I walk in it as witnesses. Acts chapter 5. In Jesus name. Put it in our spirit. Acts chapter 5. You know this passage of scripture? This is where Ananias and Sapphira had decided they were going to... They sold a piece of land and they wanted to be viewed like everybody else. But they didn't want to give up all the money they'd made on the land. So they went to Peter and the other apostles. And they, Ananias and Sapphira, husband and wife, they had agreed together in private, we'll say that we sold the land for this much so it seemed like we're giving everything we made. When in reality, they were lying about how much they sold the land for so that they could hold back some but appear a certain way to people. Now, from Scripture, I would understand these are people in church filled with the Holy Ghost. But they got caught in a trap of deception. And so they did this. First, Ananias, the husband goes in. He's taking a little bit of money. We sold the land for this much. Peter asked him about it. He says, yeah, this much. Why'd you lie to the Holy Ghost? And the Spirit of God came and killed him right there in the midst of the room. We were sharing the story before about Rigo and Reuben. Can you imagine if... I better not use one of you as an example. <laughs> you don't want to make you nervous. Can, can you imagine if I walked in here and I put off like I was doing something and trying to act like I was acting like I was doing what my other brothers and sisters had done, but yet I was holding something selfishly, trying to deceive you so you would think a certain way about me. And when I, that happened, in a moment, the Spirit of the Lord came and struck me dead, and I passed dead right here. That's what happened. And so, and Peter says, can I get a couple ushers, please? And they came and carried him out and buried him. Wasn't long after, his wife shows up. 
I'm talking about the work of the Spirit of God in and through the church of God. And what was he doing? He was restoring, we mentioned this last week, he was restoring the fear of God and the people of God. And so Ananias' wife shows up, Sapphira, she's got the other half, right? But she walks in and Peter says, well, let's check with her. Maybe she's had a time of repentance before she... She doesn't know what happened to her husband. So Peter just says, well, check. Hey, did you sell the land for this much? She says, yeah, for that much. Notice the Holy Ghost always gives you an opportunity to be honest. And in that moment, the Lord struck her dead. So we're in this place right now. It's, a pro- it's probably a pretty somber atmosphere, wouldn't you say, at this point? Ushers have come again, carried her out, buried her beside her husband. I'd say they're pretty, everybody's got their... The Lord has people's attention, amen? And they're in that... So this is Acts chapter 5. That's just happened. Verse 14, or 12. Let's start with verse 12. Acts 5 and 12. So that happened, great fears upon the church, verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many, everybody say many, many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And watch the result. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, verse 15. Insomuch, now, notice what it said. Believers were added. Multitudes added to the church. But now we get some insight into some things that's happening in the church that's causing this great addition of souls to the body of Christ. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, not to the church. They brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and on couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Verse 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and bringing them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed. Every one. Now, it didn't stop there. Verse 17, the high priest rose up and all they were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. This is the religious tradition. Verse 18, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Keep going. But the angel of the Lord by night comes and opens the prison. So fast forward. The angels brought them out of prison because of all these miracles that are happening. And they're preaching the name. They'd already been told not to do it. But now this is happening. People are getting laid in the streets. Sounds like they probably didn't stop what they were told to stop. And sick are being healed. Unclean people are being delivered. That sounds like what Jesus said was going to happen, doesn't it? Skip all the way down to verse 29. Acts chapter 5. They went looking for them. They were gone. They were out of prison. They were going, what in the world's going on? This angel let them out. Somebody said, oh, they're down there preaching in the synagogue. They had boldness, didn't they? 
They're down there doing what you told them not to do. And so they went looking for him. And they said, hey, didn't we tell you not to do this? Verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers. Notice all this healing's taking place. It's causing people to rise up because they're healing and preaching the name of Jesus that's doing the healing. They've come where they're down there. And notice their response to them. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. What are they supposed to preach? Repentance and remission of sins. Verse 32. And we are what? We are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. We are called to be witnesses. If you have been baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost, it was so you and I would be Witnesses. But you're never witnessing alone. Would you stand with me today? It is the desire of the Lord in this hour to operate in, with, and through your life on the job in your home in the market home Bible studies anger management classes P7 clubs all of these things that you have going are not coincidental this is the work and the placement of God and the spirit of God desiring to operate through you and if you say, well, I don't have a formal anger management class, or I don't have a formal home Bible study going on, I don't have a formal P7 club, I realize we have those formal things, but we also, every one of us here, I'm pretty sure, yeah, we all have a home. Most of us have a job. And we interact with people every single day. And we are called to be witnesses these examples that we read here in Scripture, and you could go read in Acts chapter 10, we find this word coming up again when Peter is standing in Cornelius' house, and he says, we're a witness of these things. And when he's speaking about that, the Holy Ghost falls on Cornelius' house. He's in a house there somewhere. And so all of a sudden, we have this evidence of the witness of the power of God through the life of a child of God. You and I are called. To be witnesses. And you're walking in it. I know many of you. Day in day out. You're walking in it. I want you to understand. The word of the Lord is to you. And it is for you. We have reduced witnessing. To simply telling somebody about the scripture. 
And that's part of it. But we must understand being a witness are these signs following them that believe. Being a witness is the operating of the power of the Holy Ghost through your life that opens a door for witness. If I were to write Acts 1 and 8, I would say, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Yakima and Selah and Union Gap and Mattawa and Sunnyside and Granger and Grandview and Natchez and Moxie and Buena. And you can keep filling in the names because I believe with every fiber of my spirit, the Lord has called us to be witnesses throughout this 55 mile valley stretch where our jobs and our homes take us. And the Lord is wanting to add to his church daily. I don't mean filling this building. We'll never get a building big enough for who he wants to add to the body. But we can reach into homes and the Lord will begin to add. Your home can become a place of worship. Your home can become a place of prayer. And your neighbor can come into your home and you will be a witness. And I know you're doing this, but you must know now is the time. Now is the day. Now is the hour to be witnesses unto him. It's our calling. Before we're called to anything else, when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, we were called to be witnesses. And there's not a one of us in the room that's unqualified or incapable. Why? Because he has all power. Would you reach to him with me right now? Come on, let him let him quicken. An individual to your spirit. Whether it's an individual on the job. Whether it's an individual even in your own home. Whether it's a neighbor. That you've passed but you've been so busy you haven't paused. Come on this is the desire of God to work and operate through our lives. We are called to be witnesses. But we're not going on our own. We're not doing it in our own effort and ability. It is him that is with us always, even to the end of the world. In the name of Jesus, I pray the written word of God and the living word of God. Let it be written upon the fleshy tables of our heart. I pray an impartation of faith from you, Father, into our spirit to lay hold on this word, to walk in the calling and the authority of the name of Jesus, to be witnesses unto you in the fullness of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray boldness. Give us boldness to speak. Give us boldness to pray. Give us boldness to love. Give us boldness to reach. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray godly wisdom and boldness in the people of God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, let him pour into your spirit. Let the faith of Christ rise up within you. Come on, we're called to live not by our own faith, but by the faith of Christ. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray a stirring up of the gift that is within us. A stirring up of the gift that is within us. I pray these signs following these believers today. In Jesus' name. That we would give witness unto you. That we would give witness unto you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, I want to open this altar right now. I want to invite you to come. I don't want you to come and kneel. I want you to come and stand. And I want you to be willing to reach to him. I only want you coming if you're willing to say, Lord, I'll be a witness. And I'm willing to receive what you would impart into my spirit. I'm willing to receive what you would do in me, with me, and through me today. I'm willing to receive and be a vessel, Lord. I'm willing to receive and come on, make room for others that are coming down the aisle. I'm willing to receive of you, Father. It's you that does the work. Here I am. Here I am, a vessel available unto you. It's nothing I do other than avail myself. And so today I avail myself. Come on, he's no respecter of persons. There's none more greater than another. We simply yield unto him and say a witness unto you, Father. Work through me. Work with me however you choose. Whatever you choose, I'll be your witness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you're called to be a witness. His hand and his anointing is on your life for this hour, this time, and this day. In the name of Jesus, you're not here by coincidence or circumstance alone, but God is desiring to flow in you, with you, and through you in even greater measure than you have seen. There's many of you, you've been walking in this, but the Lord is ready to confirm his word with signs following through your life to be a witness unto him. In your school, in your home, on your job, by the work of his spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. I would like a couple of sisters to pray with Sister Janet Friday right here, right now, that the Lord would do a work in her body. Come on, would you pray a prayer of faith? Pray a prayer of faith in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it's you that does the work, Lord Jesus Christ. By your name and the authority of your name today, we pray healing. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you need a touch in your body today, why don't you lay hold of a brother or sister and ask them to pray for you and with you. Come on, exercise your faith in the word of God today. If you need healing in your body, grab a brother or sister, have them pray for you. Let the word, the word be revealed here today in you and through you in Jesus name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That you would be glorified, Jesus. That you would be exalted, Jesus. That your name would be lifted high in these valleys in the name of Jesus. That we would give witness unto you and the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, all power belongs to your name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Witnesses. Those who by his example or after his example have proved the strength and the genuineness of their faith in Jesus Christ. This is his calling on our lives. You know the beauty of it? There's no pressure to produce it. You just got to walk in it. You got to walk in it. You got to be understanding. This is the calling of my life.
not of momentary things, of my life. See, yeah, but with a heart, I got a job. I got a, I'm with you. It's the calling of our life. You're on the job because that's where he placed you. Be a witness. You're in school because that's where he placed you. Be a witness. You live where you do because of your next door neighbor. Be a witness. You rub shoulders with who you do because of the calling on your life. Be a witness. By the name and the authority of the name of Jesus, I release you today to be a witness. I bind the spirit of timidity. I loose the spirit of boldness in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind the spirit of fear. I loose love and faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, I loose you to walk in your calling. I loose you to walk in the ministry of a witness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Know who you are in him. Know who you are in him. We bind the voice of doubt. We release faith today. It's not you or I that does the work. It's him who has all power. What are you going to do if that person... At work is sick. And you feel that quickening. And the Lord brings this word right back to your mind. You think he just brought it to your mind out of convenience? No, he brought it to your mind so you could walk in faith. Not faith in yourself. God forbid. Faith in his word and in him who spoke it. He has all power. He's with you always. Amen. God bless you. Go with God. Go with God and be a witness. In Jesus' name. And tell us of what he does. And we rejoice together in Jesus' name. Amen.